0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Eastern Current. I could not tell you what episode this is. I meant to look that up before I started recording. I think it's episode 38, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe 39, maybe 40. Um, but yeah, this is another uh, Weekend Warrior episode. We've got a really cool guest on, someone that I talk with a lot. I would consider him someone that's kind of in, in my network of, of anglers that I that I speak with on a regular basis. I think that's such an important um, part of being successful in the water is just kind of keeping up with trends and um, tactics by communicating with other people that are fishing in, in similar areas as you. Um, but but uh, like I've been mentioning in the past couple episodes, we've started a Facebook group. We already had a Facebook page, but this Facebook group is for anyone that enjoys listening to this podcast to come and uh, kind of communicate with other people that enjoy the podcast. And hopefully we want to create a fishing community where you can make friends to fish with, you know, bounce questions off of each other, ideas, tactics um, you know, share pictures, share fishing reports and, and hopefully just, you know, like grow a community of, of of life, like anglers out there. So, um, check that out. It's Eastern current fishing on Facebook. You can also check out our Instagram page. It's Eastern current, um, our website ET current. Um, but yeah, we're going to, uh, we going to do another weekend warrior episode today. Um, I was just going to do one every other week, but I think I'm going to try to do, um, one every week. So the, the normal podcast will, Record live on Tuesday nights where you can check it out on Facebook. If you can't check it out the next day, it'll be live on YouTube as well as the podcast platforms. And then these pre-recorded weekend warrior episodes, weekend warrior episodes are going to come out on Thursday. So uh, be looking for them. They're not going to be quite as long, about 30 minutes. Um, I prefer the 30 minute podcast myself when I'm listening to podcasts. It's just not as much time commitment as an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Uh, But yeah, if you, if you know any, uh, any weekend warrior anglers that you'd like to hear from, uh, just send them over in any of our uh, our platforms, and we'll we'll check them out and hopefully get them on the show. But enough of me rambling. Let me introduce y'all to Griffin Zwack. Here he is. What's up, Griffin? Hey guys, how you doing? Doing good, man. Um, doing good. It's uh, we'll have to get. I always have to get used to that it's not live because I'll like ask questions to people, and I'm like, yeah, Wait a second. That's good. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Definitely, man. Definitely. Um, you uh, but, you've got a pretty good reputation around town of catching fish and and uh, offshore and inshore. I think one of the coolest things about you is is the paddleboard fishing and how successful you are fishing from a paddleboard. But let's uh let's start out with just kind of give everybody your backstory, where you're from, like how did you get into fishing, like from from the get go until now?
1: Yeah, so I was actually born in Anchorage, Alaska, and um up there it's a lot of fishing up there. So uh, my dad, uh, he's a big fisherman as well. He does paddleboard fishing as well. We fish a lot, but um I kinda got uh introduced to fishing. I got hooked on salmon fishing and that's a blast. Just fishing rivers for salmon. And I started pretty young. I probably like four or five, like like really young. And um I I don't know, after my first salmon I was just really into it and every day I would just beg my dad after work, let's go fishing and then after uh eight years we moved down here to North Carolina and um I I heard a lot about the red drum fishing and I I was really into fishing. I didn't really know what I was doing at first and um people like back then paddleboards weren't that big of a thing so most people would just end up kayak fishing and um paddleboards were just starting to come out like just in general like paddleboard yeah yeah so um we uh d- got uh two boards and um one we still have one of them actually <laughs> um but uh the one board we had both those boards and we kind of started out just paddleboarding but um we didn't we had a we didn't have a boat back then so we both like to go fishing, my dad and I. So we decided to try to figure out the, uh, paddleboard fishing. We didn't really like kayak fishing. I'm not a big fan of sitting down fishing. So I like to stand up and I like to go sight fish. And that's kind of my forte. But, um, yeah, I started trying it on paddleboard and on Wrightsville beach. And it was, it was a blast. And, um, you, I mean, you can catch a bunch of different stuff. You can get to where boats can't get. And, uh, you do basically whatever you want, take whatever you want with you and, keep some fish but it's it's really fun but uh yeah it's kind of my backstory moved to North Carolina tried paddleboard and got really into it and now I'm fishing off them now
0: have you have you ever fallen off your paddleboard when it's really cold out
1: oh yes multiple times (laughs) last uh last winter I was um I was just like doing a scouting trip and I had my phone in my jacket and uh I was my mom called me and I took it out and it I was putting it back in my jacket, fumbled and fell off, or uh, fell on my hand and into the water. And it's like (laughs) in the winter, it's really clear, so um, normally you will be able to like look down and see it. I just watched the phone just start sinking back and forth down to the bottom, and it's like seven feet deep right there. But uh, I had to end uh, up—it was was probably like a three-mile paddle from my house, so it was pretty far. But I didn't have goggles, so I had to like strip down, jump in the water, look for it, and. (laughs) I eventually ended up getting it after, like, I had to paddle all the way back to my house and back, get goggles, and it was just a mess. But, no, I fall off a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty good now to the point where I don't fall off much, but uh, every few months I uh, make a little slip and uh, end up in the water.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, fall off my skiff sometimes into the water, so I I know that it's got to happen on the paddleboard some. It's been a while since I've fallen off the skiff, but it happens. Yeah, I
1: actually fell off, like, uh, I think last week I was uh, just messing around and, um, um, just not really paying attention. I hit bottom and, uh, I stand on a 45 quart cooler, so I get pretty high up there and yeah. it's a little, my board's really sturdy, so I'm able to do it. But, uh, like sometimes it just, I don't know, just balance just gives out on me and, uh, topple over, but I normally stand on that cooler and I was, I got a little too shallow and my fins hit and cooler kind of rocked forward cause it was too light and off I went, but, uh, it happens every once in a while, but
0: those it's coolers, man, not, when you don't strap them down and they get that little rock to them, the Yeti coolers, it'll send, oh, you, yeah. send you, I've used them as like casting platforms before on skiffs and stuff. And like you're saying, you'll bump the sand or something and it rocks a little bit and throws you off. But I think w- what I wanted to touch on real quick was a point you brought up that I think is so important is about paddleboard fishing and kayak fishing in general is you're, you're able to be, you can access so much water. And you can get to stuff that boats can't get to and you can be in places and get to places at low tide that other people can't get to. And and like we like we know, you know, the less water, the more concentrated the fish, especially this time of year. So do you see that giving you a, a large advantage in the winter being able to or really all year being able to get into these shallow, shallow areas at low tide?
1: Oh yeah. It gives me a huge advantage. Um, most of the boats, like when I talk to people who have skiffs or it's, like flat bottom boats, I mean they can get in most of the, the spots I fish and like below mid tide and on paddle boards, like I'll be pulling them over like pieces of marsh or little cuts of marsh and over dry sandbars a lot. Yeah. And, um, especially at low tides when you get those, uh, really uh, low, low tides, um, you're walking the board a lot. And like you said, they're really concentrated. It's basically like fish out of a barrel. And if you yeah. find a school of fish, at low tide it's it's fun you just get the hammer room for a little while there but uh yeah it gives you a huge advantage and even like you can get to areas where uh boats are the only disadvantage i would say with paddleboards is you can't you don't have as much range like whereas a boat you have an engine obviously right. you can get pretty far but i can only fish a certain amount of water um and i mean i know that water pretty well because i mean that's the only water i fish i stay in the same spots but um yeah it gives me a huge advantage and uh i can get to a lot of spots where most boats can't i mean boats can get there at higher tides but i mean in my opinion uh, better times the fish for these fish are at lower tides when they're Definitely. a little more schooled up and whatnot but Definitely. yeah i think it gives me a huge advantage and and furthermore i think it, paddleboards are a bigger advantage in kayaks so a lot of the fishing kayaks are now are shifting more towards pedal drives and right. i just saw something today actually where there's like old town uh kayaks i think it was it was like make a new kayak with like a minkoda trolling motor
0: yeah i've seen I like a
1: yeah I, I saw it tell you i was like dang but uh those those kayaks can't really get that shallow i mean there's obviously other kayaks and you can get a little shallower but i just feel like with paddleboards it's more of like standing up and I, well, basically every time i go out paddleboard fishing i'm getting off the board even if it's 30 degrees and the water's freezing but, um, I'm always getting off the board. I'll carry it over like little pieces of or little areas of dry land, or I'll have to move around on the board so I can get a little shallower. but uh yeah, it gives me a huge advantage and um gets me into the fish
0: yeah, for sure that's I'm oftentimes jealous of like guys that are kayak fishing, and the grass is always greener. I mean, you could have the sickest boat for this or that, and then you want a paddleboard or you want a kayak or you've got a kayak and a paddleboard yeah. but you want a boat um really, I always love asking people if they could have like five we won't go into this here because it can be such a long conversation, but if you could have like five oh, yeah. vessels to fish from, like what would they be? Like what would be your five things? And you, you're you like, Oh five, that's going to be plenty. You start to name them out and you're like, oh, I need like eight. If I could, you start getting all greedy and, and you want, you want all these different things. But um, yeah, yeah, I would say like just looking from the outside, the the advantage of the kayak would maybe be um, you'd have a little bit more range than a paddleboard. I feel like you could probably move quicker on, yeah. on, on a kayak. Yeah. You can definitely paddle, paddle drive or pedal drive.
1: Mm -hmm. but yeah especially with the board i have um the board i have i mean most boards are monoholes but the board i have is a called from the company live water sports and they're actually cat boards so it's a cat design and um they're look i'm what i've noticed is it's very hard to turn and you can't get that fast on them but i mean the stability on that thing is insane and it can carry i think 500 pounds so i've managed to fit like three people on that board just messing around but oh, not fishing awesome. not fishing but uh yeah it's it's definitely a interesting thing with like I said how uh, ca- fishing kayaks are kind of moving in a certain direction there's also the kind of fishing paddle boards now that are kind of being developed and some of them like they'll have like little stick pinholes in the board they'll like mounts for power poles I, I have one on my board but uh'm not blessed enough with that opportunity right. that would be a game changer right there yeah. but um yeah yeah it's um definitely a weird design board. It's the only uh cat design board I think they sell, so they have to sell a twelve foot which is one I have and a fourteen foot but um yeah it's it's a unique paddle board so uh gets a lot of looks on the water but I don't know it doesn't get as shallow as some boards but it it does pretty well I
0: think the stability though f- factor for wanting to be able to stand up on that uh cooler and be able to sight fish, i feel like that's key. You know, if you're just kind of paddle boarding and blind casting the stability, maybe you don't need that much. You don't need that height advantage, but, but I can see how, you know, that cat would help you be way stable back there. But all right. So let's talk about this a little bit. You, like you were saying, you've got such a small range, not a, excuse me, I just burped into the microphone. Um, You've got, you've got a small range, smaller range with a kayak or with a paddle board than when you do with a boat. Um, but I think that can be a huge benefit and 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 the area that you fish, I was talking with you earlier before the show, and I was like, I think you probably know that area better than anybody because you fish a lot, but you see focus so much um you know, on the water that you can access, and I think that you know can be such a benefit for all these people that are that are listening and that are that are using the internet as like trying to learn how to be more successful with the time they've got on the water. Um, I think picking an area and really focusing on just learning every bit of that area at all tides is important. And I wanted you to share a little bit about kind of, you know, how spending so much time, um, fishing around Wrightsville beach has been successful for you. Um, does that make sense as a question?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. So like, yeah, like when you're paddleboarding, you, you're obviously not running 30 so miles an hour going past all these spots. You're going slow through all these spots. Like you'd be going the same speed. So if you're fishing there. So when you're going through these spots, you're looking around in the water, whether it's the winter or the summer with the water clarity, and I mean you're gonna be seeing fish spook by you the entire time. Yeah. So you really learn spots where people wouldn't think of like some spots along like main bodies of water that's just like little banks that are really good. There's like fish there. But yeah. most people would just drive by those on a regular day and wouldn't even think to stop uh stop there. But um yeah, you'd really when you have, when you find a school of fish or you find a group of fish or something, you really go like go to that spot and just study that spot. Like sometimes when I, after I've gotten a school down, they've been there for like a week or two, and I've fished them a bunch, I can almost go to the spot and point out exactly where I think they're gonna be yeah. and go up to it and spook the fish. But um, yeah, it it really helps you narrow down to know what you're looking for in an area. When you go on uh, Google Maps, I know this has been emphasized a lot with a lot of fishermen. I've Uh heard it on the podcast before. But Google Maps, when you find a school fish or you find an area that has fish in it, you can go look on Google Maps and look for similarities between the places. 100%. That that generally helps a lot with trying to find new areas. Because I remember when I first moved here, I had basically no idea what to look for. I was just piling around blindly. But now I kind of know what to look for in the area. And I kind of have my six or seven spots i like to hit and see where the fish are and i kind of know what to look for in each spot and it's really helpful but um yeah i definitely think going slower and covering the smaller restricted area of water it really helps you key in on the certain parts of that uh, water and what to look for in the water when trying to find the fish
0: yeah i agree 100 percent uh what would you say your favorite tide as a paddleboard fisherman what's your favorite tide to get out there and fish I think we touched on it a little bit earlier. Ooh, but.
1: Um, I definitely have to say, like, depending on how low low tide it is, like, if it's a low tide, like, it's not not a low low tide, I'll probably say like an hour before low tide. Uh-huh. But if you get like a low, like, a negative point two or point three, I love fishing like the last two hours of falling. Falling is my favorite tide. Like I, now that I've started to actually like do a little more sight fishing, I kind of like the mid tide ish area of falling, but I don't really. I, I'm not a big fan of the high tide fishery. I've tried to look for fish at high tide and it's just like just covering an entire ocean of water on a little tiny paddleboard. So right. it's kind of hard to find the fish, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. think low tide's best.
0: I would agree. It seems like for me, if I, if I am going to be successful at high tide, I've got to find those, those shallow dead end fingers where, you know, those fish are pushing back up and sitting back at a dead end. Um, and hanging out, kind of trying to, you know, get in the shallowest water they can, which they don't do a ton this time of year. You see that more in the Mm -hmm. summer with a layup on those grass edges back in the back. But I'm with you, man. It could be so daunting at high tide when, you know, you check your one or two spots that you thought were going to be good. And then you're like, oh gosh, what do I do from here on out? And even booking trips. Mm -hmm. I mean, all my trips are booked around site fishing trips, at least booked around, you know, the specific lower tides, the last two hours of the falling first two hours of the incoming and, um, yeah, that, that's cool. It's, it seems like, too, those last two hours of the falling tide, um, like you were saying, or mid-tide to low, the fish feed better. Like you see them actively, um, you know, hunting pretty hard. And then at dead low, I, I feel like it, I, I, some of the areas I fish, like I'll, I'll see very little activity when the tide is slack or when it's falling. And then when it's incoming, they'll be feeding really hard. And then like up here, up north, I feel like it's vice versa. It's like that last bit of the falling tide, they're feeding really hard and then the incoming and slack it kind of slows off a little bit but there's always i think it's spot dependent too like certain fish in certain mm-hmm. areas will feed hard at certain tides and and vice and and vice versa but um yeah that that's cool that's uh, i always like to hear what people you know based upon what kind of fishing they do what they look for tide wise um so when you're getting ready um you know to go paddleboard fishing the day before or you know the week before you know maybe you you've got got class or work and you're, you're trying to figure out what you're going to go do. Um, what's your planning process? Like, what are you looking for for a good day of of paddleboard fishing?
1: So I know this kind of all fishermen think the same thing is everyone hates the wind. No one likes a windy day. So that's the main thing I look for. I, before I even look at the tides or the the clouds or the, if it's sunny out, I look straight, strictly at the wind. And if it's a less than, I kind of, I don't really like going above like 15 is kind is pretty windy like if you're fishing in an open spot it's no fun i mean you can do it but i mean you got to be in a really tight enclosed space where the winds uh buffered out but um no I, I like to go look for the wind as the first thing and then this next thing i do is i look for the low tide what time it is and how low the low tide is going to be and depending on that if it's like a low low tide in like the mid-morning i'll try to get out It'll probably like two or three hours before that and kind of just look around and I like to go i lately I've been doing a lot more sight fishing. So, um, it's more, I'm getting out and having to spend more time in the water, which I've never really done in the past. But, um, I definitely think the key factors when it comes to paddleboard fishing is one, 100% the wind is you want to make sure you don't have a lot of wind. Now on glass calm days, sometimes it's weird. The fish is really spooky and it's hard to get them. So sometimes it's nice to have like that little five mile an hour, a little bit of ripple on the surface. Yeah, I agree. So it's not as spooky, but it's definitely the wind is the first thing I check for. And the second thing I check for is the tides. And then I kind of just go based off that. I couldn't really care less, honestly, about if it's sunny or cloudy for the most part.
0: For sure. Um, What what would you say are some of the things you always have on the paddleboard with you? What are some key things? Pieces of gear, not and not talking about tackle, but let's just talk gear first. Like, what do you like to take out on the boat with you, or on the on the paddleboard with you?
1: So uh, on my board, there's little gear tracks, and on the some of the websites, like they have like uh, things you can put on those gear tracks for uh, on paddleboards. So uh-huh. I have a, on my board specifically. I at first when I had it, I didn't really like it as much, but it's uh, this little black box in the front, and I put it on the front of the board. And it has three rod holders on the side. And I I mean, I don't really use those. Maybe I'll fill it one at a time. And then I have two more rod holders in the back, and I always have those filled up. And those can hold fly rods as well. And so I normally run with three rods, two to three rods, just depending on what I'm doing. But um, then I have the cooler I was talking about earlier, which is a 45-quart angle. Yeah. And um, I re- uh, last uh, fall is when I actually decided, because I was kind of sick and tired of like, seeing a fish casting and then by the time I can get my lure in the water I'm like 50 yards away from the fish so <laughs> I got a little uh, mushroom anchor I think it's a 15 pound and uh I put that inside the cooler and I kind of just closed the line on the cooler so it's taut and so I always make sure I have that anchor with me now and that's really been a game changer Nice. Um, and then I used to have a uh this I think it's called a yak attack stick pin and uh it's basically like a little like little stick pin that most kayakers yeah, yeah, yeah. Have. but there's like an extension piece that you can put on it and it becomes like a little push pull for a paddle board oh, so I sweet. used to use that and then uh one day fishing wasn't too good and in a little bit of fit and uh it's safe to say I broke the uh extension piece but uh <laughs> we had those days but um oh yeah yeah i mean i used that uh, a lot when especially in the summer when uh I'm just kind of cruising around looking around in the winter i don't really care as much because the water's clear and it 's easy to see but um yeah those are definitely things so the cooler the uh black box there's a little storage in there too um then I have the rod holders and then that's that's kind of really it and then for tackle, I know a lot of uh kayak anglers and people that are looking to get into like paddle fishing they're really hesitant like Um, do you bring like how much tackle do you bring what do you want to bring because it's small paddlecraft so you can't bring that much tackle so like i was mentioning my dad he brings a little hip sack with him and he has like a few soft plastics some jig heads some leader and pliers and that's about it well i'm a little different so i have this giant bag right here um (laughs) it's uh, a was waterproof but uh i it's beat down pretty bad but um and here i got some pro here some Uh, pliers, line cutters. And then I carry a bunch of trays and stuff like top water flies, jig heads. I even got a whole little bag of soft plastics, probably like 15, 20 bags. But yeah, it just kind of depends. I like to have a lot of stuff with me. That's all my stuff. So I like to have it all with me in case some spur of the moment thing happens or giant fish or some weird things going on. I like to have all my stuff with me to be ready. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, definitely the main thing when it comes to how fishing is knowing what you want to have on you when it comes to tackle because a lot of people still I'm one not many people are like me who try to bring as much as they can like a giant backpack most people bring a little hip sack or like a few little bags of soft plastics and that's it yeah. you can bring a lot more if you really want to
0: for sure what would you say Uh, kind of your confidence lures are what do you like to throw typically
1: oh so it's it's been all over the place in the past like half year. It used <laughs> to always be the one eighth ounce uh, blue water candy aftershock jig heads, whatever yeah. color. That, that was my go to jig head right there. I I mean I, I catch h- hundreds and hundreds of flounder on those, and I catch a bunch of drum, and then I get a little DOA uh, jerk sh- like a little DOA split tail minnow, uh-huh. the feed chicken. That was really good. I haven't really done I didn't really do well with it last year, but that was really good. Um, I like the white. Any white soft plastic, I really like the white goat shrimp. If the fish are being really finicky, or in the winter they're just not having it, I can always go to that and expect even with blonder in the summer. I mean, that it catches everything, honestly. I yeah. caught everything on that, but uh, I really like the white soft plastics. Um, it's I've funny not- how,
0: oh, sorry, it's funny how spooky fish sometimes the white works so well because it's it's so unnatural, just like a solid white piece of salt yeah. plot, like but they love it but sorry i completely interrupt you there keep going
1: yeah so um that's i mean sometimes i've like you said like spooky fish will eat that and that I, for the most part is true but sometimes i noticed notice like i'll be on a school of fish like this actually happened like two weeks ago okay. i had a little white gold shrimp on and there was a school of like 100 120 redfish and i got it right in front of them and i just like i just dead sticking it because they were that they were being kind of finicky and they just went right over it the entire school. And I noticed that sometimes when um, I'm paddle fishing is like I've th- I'm throwing like a go-to color, like the shark, like a kind of chartreuse tail with like a, I don't know, like a kind of like Fiji chicken or what is it? Chicken on chain color on chain, yeah. body. Um, like I noticed like sometimes they'll just shy away from it. And, and those points I realized I need to start throwing something really natural looking. So one of my friends, Oscar, actually told me about the. I don't know if you ever used these, but the Z-Man Mud Minnow Z's, the um, little ones, the uh, Mud Minnow color. Um, I told, I know
0: the Mud Minnow Z's, but I've never used the Mud Minnow color. Is it like a brown, kind of a natural brown color? It's
1: it's got like a kind of like a dark algae green on top and like a silverish bottom with little like black specks in it. Okay. And he uh, showed me that, and like we were fishing last year, and. We were fishing and uh, I couldn't get them on any of my go-to baits. And he said, "Try this." And what do you know? They it's, were it's a it? really, it's a really natural-looking bait in the water, especially in the winter time. That's one of my go-to baits. Um, I always make sure to have some of those on me in the winter. What is the but, tail
0: like on that bait? What kind of tail does it have?
1: Um, well, actually, I have some right here. It's it's a really well, I have it in the water. Um, here it is right here. But um, it's really got a lot of action. Okay, if yeah, yeah, Slowly swimming along it the tail just gets a ton of action and i'll like I'll sometimes just jig it next to the board to see what it looks like and i mean just a little hop on it probably gets like 10 15 little tail spins little and tail even side. with just sitting there just kind of moving in the current but it's it's a really awesome action i've never really been a fan of z-mans until like the past two years i've started using them more and i kind of got sick of paying all that money for gulp and uh <laughs> but uh gulp yeah it gets
0: chewed up and like Point zero five seconds.
1: Oh yeah, it's miserable, but yeah, it's definitely, um definitely a really good color, and I, I like the whites the natural looking colors. Spoons are. Pr- I really like using spoons in the spring. I, my dad really put me on that. He'd have like thirty fish days, and I'd just be like, "What'd you catch them on?" He'd be like, "Every single fish on a gold spoon." <laughs> oh yeah, and they I,
0: love a gold
1: spoon. It's crazy. And then I so I started throwing topwaters. That's probably one of my favorite ways to catch redfish, and. For being honest, it's, it's blow up and just following it and oh, everything. Yeah. There's
0: but. no way you can beat a topwater eat. I
1: oh, mean, yeah. watching them eat
0: a, eat a fly, you know, close to the surface is cool too, oh, yeah. but, but oh, uh, yeah. just they're so, I mean, sometimes they're real deadly, but typically redfish are like pretty, pretty sloppy when it comes to eating topwater, which honestly yeah. makes it more fun. I mean, they're just knocking yeah. it up out of the, in the air and they're missing it. And it's cool. I yeah, love when there's great. like two or three falling and one smacks it and knocks it up and misses it. Another one just smokes it as soon as it hits the water. Uh, that's yeah I, I live yeah, for that
1: right there but yeah definitely i'd have to say the uh white little saw plastics with a one eighth ounce or three sixteenths jig head because i'm i mostly do sight fishing now but that's kind of my go-to uh bait right there and then i like okay. to i've just started using the voodoo shrimps as well those seem to work really well for uh, redfish in the winter that's what i've noticed the, the small shrimp. ones okay yeah like the kind of natural colors Moves. i've done pretty well with those but not with the trout. That's the whole reason I got them. Trout are yeah. a whole different story. They're spooky, Winter,
0: especially wintertime trout and clean, clear water are very tough. So, are, do you, do you fish any hard baits? Do you like fishing any hard baits or anything besides topwater? I
1: I mean I I've tried murlers. I'm just I'm just not a fan. I can't work a bait that slow. It's just hard for me. <laughs> I've I've caught fish on them, but I've never caught one of those giant fish. I know they're I've I've seen and I've been on boats when people are landing giant trout on mr 17s and M 18s and stuff and it's just i i can't work on i mean i have a little box of them right here and i only think i've used two of them out of like the six and it's like two years old but um i mean i i use them i also try just started trying little uh Z, or not rapala uh jerk baits yep the white little jerk baits i just tried those this fall for trout and that's the only thing i really use is for trout that's the only hard plastics i'll throw gotcha but i don't really throw anything besides top water and spoons for uh redfish nice right on. That's not um,
0: well if you were going to this is one more question that I think is good for for the weekend warrior series the, this kind of idea if you were going to be you know fishing a new area what are from your paddleboard what are some of the the things that you're going to be looking for let um, say you're gonna from your launch like you're, you've picked your launch but you've picked this area because the the water you're looking at going to has like these these things what do you look for in the marsh for for good fishing areas so
1: one Besides of the main things
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i do that a lot i'll spook
1: a lot of fish and go back over them but um you know i definitely say the first thing is is if you're fishing up in like a big marsh and there's little creeks and little holes and stuff i would definitely look and find deep holes and um that's how i kind of started catching fish on paddleboard is with, uh is was flounder is that dead low tide even when, like the fish are kind of stagnant don't eat i would catch like 40 fish out of like a tiny little hole that i could have like Walked across, yeah, and yeah. Like it was crazy, but um, that's kind of how I'd start. If you're targeting something like flounder, um, you just got to look for deep holes and like a white gold, small white gold shrimp, or even a four-inch white gold shrimp. Just slowly work it on the bottom in the summer, and you should have no problem catching flounder. Yeah. But when it comes to redfish and stuff, I it's in my opinion it's really hard to in one trip find redfish. But the best way I would say to look for redfish would be looking for oyster beds or flats with like oysters on them or like flats with kind of a deep hole next to it. And what I've also noticed is in like in the, up in the marsh is when like two creeks kind of converge, there's kind of like a medium depth, like two to three foot hole at low tide. Uh, I've noticed that's a been kind of a decent spot for finding redfish schools. Okay. And then for trout, just find moving water. That's kind of it. Yeah. But around here you can only really catch them in the fall pretty thick so
0: yeah it gets a little tougher in the winter it's uh they hold my interest for a while and then i'm like all right screw these trout i'm gonna go redfish <laughs> oh yeah
1: definitely redfish aren't definitely my favorite ones to catch
0: they're super fun the, the visual oh, yeah. aspect of it all was well, there anything else you want to leave people with or at 30 minutes here is there anything else you want to leave people with as far as uh you know inspiration or uh you know tactics as far as being a, a successful weekend warrior i
1: mean just You got to get out there and like most people say, you just got to put the time in. And I think the best way to officially use your time if you're going on a paddleboard or on a kayak is to go at lower tides and kind of see the contour of the land, see where the holes are, see where the structure is. And it really helps because the the fish are kind of condensed into little pockets. So, you know, somewhere in this area, there's got to be fish at a higher tide. And I think that's just the key. You got to find the fish and then you got to go through a few baits, see what they like. Just in the winter and clear water, you want to stick with natural colors. And um you just want uh, another key thing is um you really want to have an, some sort of thing that holds you in place um yeah. with like an anchor or something because I know one of my buddies, Jack, he whenever I take him out on one of my we go out together a lot and he doesn't have an anchor and I'll put my anchor down on cast and then he'll cast and i'll look over to my left right after and he's like way across the uh, hole from me and you can barely even feel his line and just (laughs) drift and stuff but um yeah it's definitely um definitely an anchor uh, something to hold you in place and then you want to have um i don't know if a lot i think a lot of people know this but especially with this hat uh, a little black under rim. Oh, this yeah. is what I, I learned from someone. And then the, you want to have the amber colored, uh, lenses, uh, for sunglasses that are polarized. For sure. And that's what I've learned. Um, when it comes to sight fishing inshore, um, or just seeing stuff is, it helps a huge amount.
0: A hundred percent. And it, I, I like what you said about the hat too, because I feel like a lot of people miss that. Some people will just, you know, want to wear sunglasses and no hat. And if you want to see into the water well, sunglasses that that sit tight to your face and a hat that's low where there's no light penetrating the side of your glasses So like if you really want to see well you know pull your buff up on the bottom edge of your glasses pull your hat down and have your sunglasses there um that helps out a lot but yeah those are those are awesome tips man and thanks again griffin for coming on i mean you just you catch a bunch of fish and and you're honestly one of very few like hardcore paddleboard fishermen here and so i think it's super cool and i'd love to see more guys out there out there paddleboarding and fishing and it's a good workout and a great way to catch fish and it's sneaky and you can get anywhere you want to go at any tide so oh yeah it's
1: it's an awesome way but um yeah thanks for having me on the show it's a great time and uh hopefully people watching can um learn a few things and maybe see a few of them out there on the water fishing with me. I think we're going to
0: have to have you, uh, like we were saying pre-show back on to do a jigging episode that Griffin and his dad do a lot of offshore fishing, a lot of jigging and, and catch African pompano and amberjacks and tuna and all kinds of cool stuff. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do that. We don't do much offshore stuff, but that's one that is very interesting to me. So we'll have to, have to do it, but well, thanks man. I'm going to close her out. Um, Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to whatever episode this is. I don't know when it's going up, but but, uh, we're just having so much fun with this podcast. We thank you all for tuning in. Um, And like I said, check out that Facebook group, and we will see you in the next episode. Later.